Section 10 of Swanhild and Other Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matt Bounds. Swanhild and Other Fairy Tales by Wilhelm Hoff. Translated by Carolyn Norris Horwitz. Section 10. The Boy and the Treasures of the Old Witch. There once was a poor widow who had three sons. The two elder ones went out to work to help support the family, but as they seldom did what their mother wished, or heeded what she said, they were no comfort at home. But the youngest boy always stayed by the old widow, to cheer her in her loneliness. He was therefore dearly loved by his widowed mother, but hated and envied by his brothers. At last the old widow died, and the three brothers started out to seek their fortunes in the world. After wandering about all day in quest of employment, they came, towards evening, to the seashore. Far out upon the sea there lay an island, upon which could be seen a bright light as if from a fire. The brothers stood and gazed at the light in wonder. They concluded at last that the island must be inhabited. Now, as it was already dark, and they knew not where to find shelter for the night, they decided, after some consideration, to take a boat which they found on the shore and row over to the island to seek a night's lodging. They entered the boat and rowed swiftly towards the light. When they had reached the island, they searched about for a habitation, and finally spied a small hut half hidden by the tall reeds and bushes that grew along the shore. Approaching the hut, the brothers saw that the bright light proceeded from a golden lantern set in the door of the hut. In the yard without stood a ram with golden horns. On these were fastened little bells, which gave out a clear ringing sound whenever the ram moved. The brothers were astonished at both these sights, but much more at the old woman who, with her daughter, lived in the little hut. She was old and very ugly. She was dressed in a magnificent velvet cloak, which was so wonderfully embroidered with gold thread that in every fold it glittered as if the entire cloak were pure gold. Her singular appearance convinced the brothers that she was no ordinary mortal but was of a line of witches or some other strange beings. After some hesitation, they entered the hut. The old woman was standing on the hearth, stirring with a great spoon something in a huge pot which hung over the fire. Approaching her respectfully, the wanderers begged a night's shelter in the hut. This the old woman stoutly refused, but she told them to go to a king's court just across the water. As she spoke, she looked steadily at the youngest boy, his eyes were wandering all around the strange hut, and even in that short space of time had taken in everything worthy of note. The old woman said, What is your name, my boy? He answered promptly, I am called Jack. The old woman said, Your brothers may go their way, but you can remain here with me. You look too smart for me, and I shall expect no good to come of it if you are employed at the king's court but the boy begged with all his might to be allowed to go with his brothers. He promised the old woman never to play any trick on her, nor do her any harm. At last he received permission to go on his way. Thereupon the three brothers hastened to their boat and rowed out into the sea, rejoicing exceedingly that they had all escaped in safety. Towards morning they came to the palace of a great king, where they asked for employment. The two elder brothers were hired as servants in the palace, and the youngest boy was employed as a page to wait upon the young prince. Jack was so bright and quick that he soon won the favor of all about him, and daily rose in the good opinion of the king. 
The elder brothers were envious of this. They could not bear to think of their younger brother being raised above them. They therefore consulted together how they might bring about his downfall. One day, when the two elder brothers were in the king's presence, they described to him the beautiful golden lantern whose light shone over land and sea. It would, they declared, well suit so great a king to possess this wonderful treasure. When the king heard this, he asked, Where is the lantern to be found, and who can get it for me? The brothers answered, That can no one do so well as our younger brother Jack. He knows best where it is to be found. Now the king became very anxious to possess the lantern, and sent for the boy. When Jack came, the king said to him, If you can bring me the beautiful golden lantern, whose light shines over sea and land, I will make you the head man in my whole court. Jack was not slow to accept this mission, and promised to do his best. This pleased the king exceedingly, but the envious brothers greatly rejoiced over their plan. They thought that such an enterprise surely could not be attended with success. Jack furnished himself with a small boat, and rowed quietly across the water to the island where the old witch lived. When he reached the island, it was already dark. As was her custom at that hour, the old woman was preparing her evening meal at the fire. The boy climbed quietly to the roof of the hut, and threw a handful of bitter salt down the chimney so skillfully that it fell into the soup which the old woman was cooking. When the soup was cooked, the old woman took it from the fire and would have eaten it, but she could not. It was so salty and bitter. At once the old woman became very angry and scolded her daughter who, so she thought, had put too much salt in the soup. But when she had weakened the soup to make it less salty, she still could not eat it because it was so bitter. She thereupon ordered her daughter to go to the well, which was at the end of the back garden, and fetch some fresh water to make another soup. The girl answered, How can I go to the well? It is so dark that I shall not be able to find my way through the garden. Well then, returned the mother pettishly, take my golden lantern with you. The girl took the lantern and ran quickly down the garden to fetch the water. But as she leaned over the well to draw up the bucket of water, Jack, who had slipped nimbly up behind her, pushed her, head foremost, into the water. He then seized the golden lantern and sprang to his boat as quickly as possible. As time passed, the old woman began to wonder why her daughter loitered so long. She stepped to the door and at once saw her lantern shining far out upon the water. Thereupon she fell into a great rage. She ran to the shore and cried out, Is that you, Jack? The boy replied, Yes, good mother, it is I. The old woman said, Have you stolen my gold lantern? Jack answered, Yes, good mother, I have. The old witch called out, Are you not a great rogue? The boy replied, Yes, good mother, I am indeed. Then the old woman began to weep and lament, and cried out, Ah, how stupid was I ever to let you leave the island. Well, I knew that you would play some trick upon me. But if you ever return, you shall not escape me again. And her voice was lost in the distance. Jack rode back to the king's palace. The king was delighted to receive the gold lantern, and, as he had promised, Jack was made the chief man in the whole court. But when the two brothers saw that their evil plan had only bettered their brother's condition, they were even more envious than before. They consulted together how they might bring about his downfall and win for themselves the high place in the king's esteem. One day, when they were in the king's presence, 
The two brothers described to him the ram whose horns were of pure gold, and the little bells that were fastened to the horns which rang out clearly whenever the animal moved. They said it would well become so rich a king to own such a valuable beast. When the king heard this speech, he asked where this animal was to be found, and who could get it for him. The brothers answered, No one can do that, unless it were our brother Jack. He knows best where the ram is kept. The king now desired greatly to possess the ram with the golden horns, so he sent for Jack. When the boy came, the king said to him, Your brothers have told me of a ram whose horns are of pure gold whereon are fastened little bells which ring out clearly whenever the animal moves. Now I wish you to set forth at once and do your best to bring the ram back with you. If you succeed, you shall not go unrewarded for your trouble, for I will make you ruler over one-third of my kingdom. Jack was quite ready for this enterprise and promised to start at once. This pleased the king greatly. The envious brothers, however, rejoiced in their hearts, for they thought that Jack would never again be able to escape alive from the island. Jack made himself ready at once and rode over the water to the island where the old witch lived. It was quite dark by the time he had reached the island, so that no one perceived him, for the lantern was no longer there, but lighted up the king's palace with its great brilliancy. While in the boat, the youth turned over in his mind how he should get possession of the ram. This was not easily arranged, for the ram slept every night in the same room with the old witch. His quick mind, however, soon hit upon a plan which, although it was difficult and uncertain, was yet, under the circumstances, the best that could be done. At night, when the old woman and her daughter were going to bed, the girl went to the door to fasten it, as was her custom each night. But Jack had, unperceived, fastened a piece of wood behind the door so that it could not shut. The girl stood at the door for some time and vainly tried to close it. When the old woman saw that her daughter could not succeed, she thought there must be something wrong with one of the hinges. So she called out that the door might be left unfastened for one night, and in the daylight they could see what was wrong with it. Thereupon the girl left the door unfastened, and, lying down upon her bed, was soon fast asleep. Late in the night, when both mother and daughter were deep in sleep, Jack stole into their room and crept noiselessly up to the ram which lay stretched out before the fire. The youth had provided himself with some cotton wool, which he now stuffed into all the little bells, so that when the animal moved, they could not sound. He then seized the ram by the horns and dragged it to his boat. When he had rowed out a few yards from the shore, he took out all the wool. The ram gave his head a toss, and the bells rang out with a loud peal. The noise awoke the old woman from her sleep. Recognizing the sound of the bells, she ran hastily down to the seacoast and cried out in a rage, Is that you, Jack? He answered, Yes, it is I, good mother. The old woman asked, Have you stolen my golden ram? The youth replied, Yes, good mother, that I have indeed. The old woman retorted, Oh, are you not a miserable scamp? Jack returned politely, Yes, truly, good mother, I think so. Then the old woman began to weep and wail, and cried out piteously in the midst of her lamentations. Ah, how stupid I was when I let you go! I might well have known that you would do me some harm if I did not keep you. But if you ever come here again, you shall not get away so easily! Jack now rode quickly back to the king's court, 
and when he had delivered the ram he was made ruler over one-third of the whole kingdom as the king had promised. But when the brothers saw how successful Jack had been in his difficult enterprise, they envied and hated him yet more. They thought of nothing day and night but how they might put an end to their brother's good luck. One day, when the two elder brothers were waiting on the king, they described in the most glowing terms the wonderful cloak that belonged to the old witch. They said it would better become a queen than an old witch to possess such a priceless mantle, and that this alone remained to complete the king's happiness. When the king heard all this, he became thoughtful and asked anxiously, Where is this wonderful cloak to be found, and who can procure it for me? The brothers answered, No one could succeed in such a difficult task but our young brother Jack. At once the king became very desirous to possess the cloak, and he soon sent for Jack. When the boy came, the king said to him, I have noticed for some time that all your thoughts are centered on my young daughter. Now your brothers have told me of a velvet cloak so finely embroidered with gold thread that the entire garment glitters as does the purest gold. Go, try your luck. If you can bring me this wonderful cloak, I will receive you as my son-in-law, and you shall be heir to my throne." Who was so happy now as Jack? He promised to win the king's daughter or die in the attempt. The king praised him for his bravery and determination, but the two wicked brothers secretly rejoiced and thought that this undertaking surely would bring about the death of their brother. Jack jumped into his boat and rowed over towards the island where the old witch lived. On the way, he thought and thought how he could get possession of the glittering cloak, but this seemed to him very difficult for the old witch always wore the cloak around her, even at night. At last, after he had thought a long time, a plan came into his head, which might succeed, although it was dangerous and uncertain. Jack took a large rubber bag, which he had brought with him, and tied it securely around his body under his jacket. Then, with trembling steps, he entered the old witch's room. When the old woman saw him, she was amazed and said, "'Is that you, Jack?' the youth answered. "'Yes, it is I, good mother.' When the old woman saw that it really was Jack, she was rejoiced, and said, "'Now that you have come into my room, you need not think that you will ever escape from here after having played me so many mean tricks.' Thereupon she seized a great knife and prepared to slay the youth. When Jack saw the great knife raised above him, he appeared greatly frightened and cried out, if I must die, let me at least be allowed to choose what death I shall die. I would much rather eat soup until it killed me than to be slaughtered with that horrible knife. The old woman thought it could make no difference by what means she disposed of him, so she promised to let him have his way. She prepared a great bowl of soup, and setting it before Jack, bade him eat and be quick about it. That did he, but for every spoonful that he put into his mouth, he emptied six into the bag under his jacket. Just as the old woman was pondering how Jack could eat so much, he pretended to become very sick and fell from the bench as if dead. But as he fell, he split open the bag so that all the soup ran out on the floor. The old woman supposed, of course, that Jack had died from overeating. She clapped her hands in delight and ran out of the hut in search of the daughter who had gone to the well. As, however, it was raining fast, she first laid her beautiful cloak on a stool in the room where Jack lay apparently dead. But as she disappeared through the door, Jack in a moment became alive and well. He sprang quickly up and, seizing the cloak, ran nimbly down to the shore where he had left his boat, sprang into it, 
and pushed out into the water. When the old woman saw that Jack was alive again, and also saw her cloak, which glittered on the water like a diamond, she was nearly beside herself. She rushed down to the shore and called out, Is that you, Jack? The youth answered, Yes, it is I, good mother. Have you taken my beautiful cloak? asked the witch. Yes, good mother, I have, replied Jack. Oh, are you not an arrant thief? exclaimed the old woman. Yes, to be sure I am, the youth called back. Then the old woman began to cry and lament and said, Ah, how stupid was I ever to let you go. I knew well it would be ill for me if you went over to the court. And with these words they parted, never to see each other again. Jack rode back to the palace with all speed. The delighted king kept his word and gave his daughter in marriage to the clever youth. And now Jack was happy and contented all the rest of his life. But his two brothers were nothing but servants at the court as long as they lived. End of section 10